Hello, everybody. I am your host, Felipe. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. And with me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this morning? We're good. We're good. Three off days in the last three weeks. Now I have three off days, like back to back to back. I really I don't know what to do with myself. I went into a basically a half coma yesterday. Uh, you were texting me nonstop with all these trades you were making. And I woke up and I was like, oh, my God, what has happened? And it was just fantasy baseball trades. And oh, I was like, yeah. okay, okay. Nothing serious nothing, is happening. Oh, it, it's serious. Oh, it's, it's serious. Very serious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, funny thing happened. Uh, things that we talked about about um, uh, earlier in the month have uh, done. A, what, what would that be? A complete 180? Or is it one Did a complete 180? That's in a, that's a song right now. Oh, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's definitely not 360, right? Because a 360 would be full circle. Yeah, and then you end up right back where you started. Yeah, so I know it's a complete. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, lots of things to talk about. This is uh, one of our uh, my favorites. It's uh, it's supposed to be a, a prospect show. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Austin is uh, doing a wonderful job playing the role of producer. But we begin tonight uh, by. Uh, <clears throat> uh by me explaining what happened last night at the chicago dogs game uh they were facing the gary Railcats last time i was at the Do- so it's an independent baseball league i once again i encourage everybody to go and check out your local independent league baseball minor league baseball uh stadiums it is a wonderful wonderful time every single time we go uh so far i've been to the schaumburg boomers i've been to two chicago dogs games are affordable uh it's very family friendly for those who have uh, kids uh, kids can just run around and do whatever the hell they want. And I mean, they're like, I, I explained that to you last time, right, Sean, when I went to the Schaumburg Boomers game, um, there's children everywhere. Like, they're they're, everywhere. They're <laughs> everywhere. Like the children, children of the corn. Are you ready? And, and, uh, and this is, a, this is a, the same people are telling me all the time. Oh, the sport of baseball is dead. It's dying. The kids aren't interested. And maybe to a certain extent, they're not, but I saw a lot of kids wearing their little, little league uniforms, um, you know, chatting with the with the with the bullpen guys, uh, chasing uh, baseballs. Um, Maurice disappeared from us once again. He disappeared for hours on end. I don't even know how the hell he got home. <laughs> I have no idea how he got home, but we just lost track of him because he just kept wandering off on on his own. I'm like, where the hell is this kid? Just gone. But uh, no, we were there uh, for the Joey Buckholz Memorial Game. Uh, they, uh, uh, Jonathan, uh, uh, one of our baseball life members uh he put together um this outing and invited a bunch of us bought four rows of seats instead of just one row because that's what happened last in one row but it felt like we we weren't really conversating with a lot of people there (laughs) so this was a great idea where he got four or five rows and only bought four seats for each row uh including an empty one for joey and uh, his sister was there in person to uh you know as a as a as a invited special guest and we even had jonathan even had the uh, jumbotron uh dedicate the game to joey as you know sean yeah. half brewers half mets fan um he he wrote a book about w- how he became a fan of both but basically it is a little bit of a geographical uh of a geographical thing but also the mets had a superstation back in the day so yep. he, he did mention well the mets games were always on first and then the brewers games would be on so I couldn't pick one, so I just chose both, and uh, it was really, it was really fun. I think, I think uh, Joey would have uh, definitely enjoyed last night if he were around. Um, 
but uh, no, it was a, it was a pretty uh, surreal moment, very emotional moment. Uh, uh, and I'm glad, I'm glad that these minor league games and these independent league games uh, still exist out there. I know that that was a scare back in the off season that Manfred is killing off major league, uh, minor league baseball and independent leagues. But I, I, I hope that I'm, 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 I guess I'm being optimistic here, Sean. I'm hoping that it's more of an evolution and an adaptation as opposed to a murdering of these minor league baseball teams. <laughs> I don't know. What, what is your, I mean, is minor league in your eye? I mean, you, you live in a small town. Yeah. There must be a, a, some minor league uh, teams out there in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, yeah. The closest one to us would be in Birmingham, uh, which would be uh white Sox double A affiliate, the Barons yep. um, to, to this day. Yeah. To this day, the Barons and the biscuits who I will be going to next week. So um, that'll be uh, my first time down there, I think, this year. Um, but, yeah, I'll always love going just because, you know, it's baseball. And, like, when it's when it's a minor league game and you're not, like, hanging on, like, every single pitcher play, which when I went to my two games in New York, like, I wasn't hanging on every pitcher play. I was just there. I was enjoying the, the atmosphere and everything and hanging out with guys I only get to see a couple times a year. But, uh it's like you can just really sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Uh, very much different from, you know, watching your favorite team on your phone or on your TV where you're like, oh, come on, that was a strike. And then you're like, you're just sitting there screaming at your phone like a madman. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I, I always enjoy going to it. I haven't been to a Barons game yet. Um, need to do that sooner or later. No, but it's, uh, you know, there's small stadiums, there's not even stadiums, small ballparks, but they're very uh, accessible. Like all, like the ones I've been to so far, they've uh, been accessible all around. Like you can just walk around. There's no dead ends. There's no uh, barriers. There's no yeah. uh, guests only uh, locations. I mean, obviously you can't go to the sky boxes or, or <laughs> not, not, sorry, not the sky. What, what were they called? Those uh, the luxury suites or luxury yeah. boxes or whatever they're called. Yeah. Obviously can't walk in there, but. Yeah, it, it's just uh, I don't know, man. It, it's um, it, it needs to be um, it, it needs more hype. Is what I'm trying to say. So, but I was glad to be there. I'm glad that a lot of guys. I met some new guys as well. I met Mahul. I met Rahil. I found out that they're both Indian, and that's why they have the weird names. Uh, Rahil admitted to me that he hates that there's a Jonathan India in this league <laughs> because you know he's Indian. So, uh, so like he goes, "Yeah, how would you like it if there was a Juan Mexico?" I'm like, there is a Juan Mexico. Don't, oh, don't, oh, don't tempt me with a good time. I'll, I will add him to the roster so oh, quick. <laughs> I'll add him to my league. I don't care if he's good or bad. I just want a Juan Mexico in my fantasy league, uh, fantasy baseball <laughs> team, I should say. So don't, 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 don't tease me like that, please. But That's like saying not. like Mookie Betts would be sponsored by DraftKings or something. What? Where was the joke on that one? Uh, Mookie Betts. Oh, that's sponsored cool. by DraftKings. That, that's nifty, <laughs> right there, man. That is nifty. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that shit. Uh, but uh, no, good times last night. Good to see the, both the Baseball Life members and the uh, Utopia Universe as well. Um, but uh, at any rate, we move on. Uh, to the next topic of conversation, we had an interesting question from uh, uh, Baseball Life member Lynn Vaselli, who uh, actually, let me before I go on, um, Ryan has a, a comment about the small parks. Some of the small parks are beautiful. I'm a huge fan of where the jumbo shrimp play in Jacksonville. That's right, yep. it's Jacksonville the jumbo Jacksonville shrimp. jumbo shrimp. They're also in the Southern League, so <laughs> of course, this is just the show of the Southern League the Barons, the Biscuits, the jumbo shrimp. Next, we'll be talking about the trash pandas. Oh, it's, it's like my, I'm so glad I live in Alabama, like for just that one fact of well, all of the Southern League teams that are around us. Are they out of a Huntsville? 
Uh, yeah, right, right outside Huntsville and Madison. Well, oh, okay. Well, that that's actually um, Austin's uh, our, in his Mardi Gras league in the Mardi Gras league. That's actually his his team nickname. Oh, is the Rockets, the Rocket go. City uh, Trash Pandas. There you go. Uh, so playing Jacksonville. Okay, and here in Daytona, we have Jackie Robinson Park, which has so much history. So that's from Ryan. He wanted to chime in about the um, independent and minor league ballparks. Um, uh, Corey. Who's a big wrestling fan? He says he'll see me and he'll see me next week. Yes, that's right, Sean. Next week for uh next Sunday morning, I'll be kind of rushing to finish up because I will be heading to the now arena here in Chicago, suburban Illinois, going to see the all elite wrestling all-out pay-per-view event. And Corey oh. Richmond will be there to uh bask in our glory. And we'll <laughs> be uh, uh our friend Kevin has uh uh what do you call it? Uh luxury suites as well that we can oh. i don't know i don't know what the hell they're called sky boxes luxury. i don't know it's a luxury box it, we it, whatever we have those whole, things are <laughs> we have it to ourselves and who whomever uh the person who actually owns that uh sells those tickets to so we might we last year we got to see a wrestler just pop in like hey how's it going hey you're that guy why aren't you, you in the you, ring you what what are you doing up here <laughs> so Lan- lance archer walks in so Lan- if you don't know who lance archer is this he's this big behemoth he's a he's really tall he's really huge he's really big we uh people ask hey can we take a picture with you autograph uh, no no i mean he's very respectful like but he said no I, if i do it for you then i gotta do it for everybody else i'm just here to you know uh, say hi say hi enjoy myself you know i'm not in the pay-per-view but i would like to uh say hi to the fans and uh, it was a, it was pretty cool it was a pretty cool anyway we're getting distracted but yeah that's Corey. i'll see him next week um uh let's see oh so lynn lynn right lynn uh for the she was in our newbie league a couple years ago i don't know if you remember that vaguely I, vaguely well austin and i created a newbie league for all the people who've never played fantasy baseball uh, johnny ortega you know uh, one of our food mm-hmm. life admins and boxing life admin he joined um uh, Chansom, uh, my uh, friend here, uh, my Asian friend from uh, DuPage County, he also uh, joined in after, although he told me that he had spent 30 years not doing a fantasy league. And I forgot who else was in. It was like, it was a 12 of us, obviously, but, you know, obviously, Sean, I mean, come on, newbie <laughs> league. But I think I faced her in the championship game because Austin's saying that I, I he lost to me in the semifinal, but I think Lynn was in the championship game. So she, she held her own and she, I don't know where she just kind of asked, hey, uh, is there a different strategy uh, between head-to-head categories and head-to-head um, points leagues when it comes to the draft? And I go, well, that's normally a question we answer in January, February, right? That's draft season. Yeah. But I figure, you know what, let's just, let's just go ahead and quickly run through the basics here. Uh, the, the difference between drafting in a head-to-head categories and a head-to-head uh, points league Um I have my thoughts on that. I do play in both leagues, but I don't know, Sean, if you had wanted to start us off with anything, any big differences there that you see? There? Uh, I mean, <laughs> head to head, you're always going to have the bit of the, the fluky kind of situation where uh, on any given week, you could be having a great week, but you could be facing the guy who's having the best week. Um, and of course, in just a traditional roto, it's going to be, it all evens out in the end. Uh, you're not facing anyone directly, but uh, I've always leaned towards head to head. I'm in a couple of roto this year. Um, I'm doing good in a couple and poorly in others. So I'm still trying to kind of get the grasp of it. But um, and when you say head to head, you're, you're talking about categories, points. Ca- yeah, categories or points. Um, okay. I'm in several head to head points. And then, of course, our home league is head to head categories. Um, but yeah, the I definitely think there is 
almost as like using the roto stats for a certain time period is like the barometer of how well your team should be doing, which is kind of what I was trying to talk about with you a couple weeks ago before you went on your complete roster blow up. Um, Cause you did tell me that you were like fourth in all the roto stats. You just weren't winning because you're facing the best teams or teams having their best weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with that, I'll flip it back to you. Yeah. And that, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned that because that was, that was a, a, a piece of controversy in our podcast league over at the total bases. That's a league that Austin and I run uh, as a, as a gateway, not a gateway. What's a, a link to this show, right? So, <laughs> say, is our show a gateway drug? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a gateway to St. Louis. Once again, I met Raheel last night. So Raheel is a big St. Louis. I found out that he was a big St. Louis Cardinals fan. And that's why the, there's a reason why I didn't like him at first, but it's cool guy, cool guy. <laughs> no, it's just joking here. But um uh, I don't know. I don't know, Austin, if you're hearing this, or maybe you, Sean, can do it while I'm talking. Uh, can you can you tag Lynn Vaselli? Uh, v E S uh, is uh, her last name. V E S, and uh, just let her know that we're answering her question. I don't know if Austin's tagging her or not already, but uh, but the, no, that was a big piece of controversy last week because Austin and I we like to uh, utilize the roto st- roto rankings over at ESPN uh, for our league and. You know, even though our records didn't indicate, especially my record, I went eight and eight, you know, and a very frustrating year this year. Uh, but uh, every time I look at the roto standings, my team looked like they should be doing a lot better than they are showing. Uh, yeah, strikeouts are a problem, but I was able to rectify that. I started uh, paying attention to that uh, when I was uh, dealing with the waiver wire. Uh, so that's one way you can use the roto standings there just to at least see where you can improve your team. And I saw that I was leading the league in, in hitter strikeouts. So I need to stop picking up hitters who strike out too much. So <laughs> when I wasn't doing the waiver wire, if I saw a guy striking out more than 25% of the time, I, I was not even interested. I was like, no, I can't have you, bro. That's, I can't, I can't do it. Can't win with you. So that's one way. So, and then the the point differential, that's another tool that I like to use just to see, okay, where am I? Am I losing because my team is bad in, in the points league or am I losing because like you mentioned, and this is, this is true. I'm not making excuses. This is true. I am the second I have given up the second most points in my league, in my points league. Nothing I can do about that. Nothing. I mean, we'll score more points. Okay, I have no. the fourth highest amount of points in the league. So it, it, it's that's a luck factor. I mean, it's it's head. Luck is always yeah. going to be a factor in, in, in fantasy baseball. It's a bigger factor in head-to-head leagues because of, uh, you know, just so many un, uh, uh, variables that you can yeah. account for, uh, especially if you're in a weekly league. That's even worse because, yeah, if uh, – if a guy gets injured in the middle of the week, you're, you're SOL, right? This, mm-hmm. You can't change your lineup. So, no. but, uh, but getting back to the draft, draft strategies. I mean, me, I'm, I'm weird. So I'm, I feel like I'm kind of the wrong person to ask. Cause I, I, I do both. I, I, and I, and I, uh, you know, I do this lengthy process in the winter where I'm ranking all the players. I'm using my spreadsheets. Austin uh, was uh, involved in it this year. He had firsthand uh, experience doing that this year with me as he was a big help. And I guess the, question your answer is i if i if i if there is a difference it's a small difference in how i draft and rank these players it's like tweaks like minimal tweaks that it's not even worth mentioning but the big ones are you know in points leagues wins are important so yeah go grab your pitchers your starting pitchers who are on good teams on very good teams uh, that's why I was high on, on the Astros pitchers. The only thing I don't like about that is they go with a six-man rotation, but we talked about that last week. Sean, that might be the wave of the thing. That might be the new future of Major League Baseball. But, yeah, get your 
get your starting pitchers on winning teams. That's number one. Uh, with hitters, uh, get your hitters that can uh, do damage, uh, hit for lots of doubles and home runs, high slugging percentages, high on base, high ops. That would be on base plus slugging. But Felipe, it's a points league. Why does race stats matter? Because the higher the ops, I feel, I feel the higher the ops, the more uh, likely that your your hitters are going to generate more points. Obviously, you got to control for walks and strikeouts if you do yeah. penalize uh, <laughs> for those in points leagues. But uh, ultimately, uh, yeah. Uh, well, what about the guys with stolen bases? Well, if you're in a league like mine, every time they get caught, they got caught for they get negative one points. Yeah, and the stolen bases are only worth two points, which. I don't know. I just I don't I don't. I'm, I'm I don't. in one that are are uh, that thirty team points league. We're uh, I think stolen bases are worth three, so it, oh, it, well, it does yeah. kind of give a slight edge to to that. But it's funny that you mentioned stolen bases. I'm over here looking at the season long stats in the Baseball Life Home League, and second and third place in stolen bases is me and Leon at ninety one and ninety. First mm. place is Jacob with a hundred and thirty six. Yeah, I just, just, that category. just blowing out the field, like yeah. not even a close second. Yeah, well, I'm I, I'm second place in wins and losses. So and I probably have the least amount of stolen bases. Uh, but uh, but in points, league, I don't think it matters. But of course, it depends on the format and how many points you're giving to these guys. Uh, all of that. Right. So but in, in my league, personal experience, two points to me, it's not worth it. It's not worth getting these uh, stolen base specialists. Uh, although Austin, I think he's winning with guys like Tommy Edmund and Miles Straw in that league. So, it, and he's been killing it in our league. So maybe, maybe I, I'm, I'm, I have it the wrong way here. Uh, but I don't put emphasis on stolen bases and points leagues. I do a little bit in the categories league, but again, it has to be someone that I can trust, someone that has high on base, can uh, good plate discipline. Uh, it's not going to kill me uh, with the lack of power. I try to get as a well balanced a player as I can. Uh, but some, I know that, I mean, we talked about it before here on this podcast, Sean, especially when Mario comes in from fantasy pros and he'll tell you, no, stolen bases is how you win this, how you win this league. If you draft Albert out of our you basically have one. Oh, I, I realize that he now sounds like Gary Vaynerchuk. Mario a little bit. <laughs> Oh so, goodness gracious! But I remember, remember. I don't know if you remember, but he came on this podcast like Adel, drafting Adalberto Mondesi basically wins you every league, at least wins you the stolen base category uh, automatically when he's healthy, right? Because he can't <laughs> stay healthy. So you know that's one. And of course, obviously, we in our leagues we always account for cost ceiling, but it might be worth it to get those guys who are stolen base specialists just so you could get that category. But for me. I want a guy who can hit for both power and, and get some steals. Uh, these, uh, which we're going to talk about today with these prospects that we're going to talk about. Uh, nope. Most of my guys, they can hit for pop and they can hit for, bo- uh, they can get stolen bases. And the last one, bullpen, relief pitchers. Uh, I think relief pitching and the closers, drafting closers in, in, in points league is very important. Uh, but you got to draft the right ones. Try not to uh, overspend on relief on closers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, depending on your league, in my league, saves are worth 10 points. So they can help right away, right off the bat, because conventional wisdom, as you know, Sean, is uh, don't spend too much on on closers. Uh, Closers are very uh, the position is very volatile. They flip over and over. These managers don't know who to trust in the ninth inning. Uh, I I must have gone through like three different sets of closers this season alone in my points league. Uh, And and of course, in the categories league, it doesn't really matter about the saves. You want to get the guys with very low rate stats and yield a lot of strikeouts. And sometimes these category leagues account for holds. So get the guys with the holds because, you know, what happens, Sean, eventually those guys who get lots of holds, they get lots of saves as well at the end. So uh, 
any thoughts on any of my uh, little strategies that I've shared here? I mean, I, I definitely I buy into depending on how your league scores things uh, like in that 30 team league, the the relief pitchers were really um, I don't want to say like overpowered, but it rewarded owners that knew good relief pitching because we had, you know, I think four or five uh, RP slots and it's a daily league change so you can kind of sub guys in and out. But it's like two of my top four picks, and of course, each round was 30 picks, uh, were closers. I had Edwin Diaz and Josh Hader. Uh, saves were worth, I think, like six points, and then you get three points for every inning, one point per strikeout, um, and these guys just kind of dominated. Um, of course, Diaz had the terrible 2019 when that season started. Uh, and then I traded. Everyone wanted to trade, uh, wanted me to trade Diaz at like his lowest point, and I was like, this guy still struck out a lot of dudes like, and it was like a fluky home run thing. So I kept him trying to Josh Hader, but I, I always kept my eye like in the minor leagues for that relief pitcher. That was just doing something crazy. Uh, whether that was Pete Fairbanks or James Car- uh, Karen Shack, like, and then I just picked these guys up off of waivers. Like, I mean, yeah. they, they didn't cost me anything. And as long as like, you're keeping an eye towards the future, even in 30 team leagues, this is if I can do this in a 30 team league, anybody can do it in a 12, 10, 15 team league. Oh, yeah. And where these guys come up, you just just every now and then go check out, hey, who has like a 35% strikeout rate in the minors and just keep an eye on them. And then if somebody in that organization gets hurt, uh, guess who's probably getting called up? That guy. And yeah. you never know what's going to happen with them. They could end up just being solid middle relief if your league, you know, rewards holds or anything like that. Or maybe they have just a great rate stats because they strike out a lot of guys, don't walk batters. Um, I guess Alexis Diaz kind of came up in that category with me this year. Just picked him up off waivers. Now he's a closer for, I mean, albeit for a poor team, but in this 30 team league, he has SP eligibility as his like first year in the majors. Um, so him, uh, Felix Batista are guys that I can plug into my uh, SP slots for at least this year. Next year, they'll be RP only. Um, and they're just collecting save after save for me. And it's and they, they're elite rate stats, too. Yeah. And uh, this is the, this is a podcast that talks a lot about relief pitchers and, and, and they're not the sexiest people to talk about. I mean, they are because they got the oh, big no, arms. It's, and, it's, it's fun. But, I, I I love having the edge. I feel like that's where my edge is really in the 30 team league is I just kind of pick up these guys in the minors that nobody's really paying attention to. Yeah. And, and like I said, they got the big power arms that wipe the, the, the magnificent sliders. But unfortunately, it, it they uh, they can only be used in small spurts. Right. Otherwise, yeah. they'd be starting pitchers who only pitch for four innings, five innings, whatever. But uh, no, it, it's um, it, you're right. It does give you an edge. But and, and not just in fantasy baseball, but I want to point out that even in real baseball, mm-hmm. uh, there's been a, a a real arm arms chase arms war you know, to use a. <laughs> Uh, a political sociological idiom there for baseball. There's been a, a arms race. That's what I'm saying. An arms race to get these guys with the big arms, the 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 good uh, uh, command of their sliders and curveballs. And if they don't have it, you know what? We if we build you. We can control you. We can fix and uh, little mechanics. And we've mentioned teams that do it very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Brewers, although not lately, but uh, the Guardians for sure. The Astros. Oh, every year the Astros. The Dodgers definitely. Mm-hmm. They, they, uh, all that it's not, it's not fair, Sean. It's it's the the same teams over and over. And there's the ones who are always winning. So, 
White Sox, pay attention. <laughs> but um, but it, it, it's um, I like. I mean, I like talking about relief pitchers. And if you're you're into relief pitchers, you're into uh, finding out who's going to be the next guy up uh, on these bullpens. This is probably the show for you because we're constantly talking about bullpen arms. Like, hey, you think? Uh, although for every Tanner Scott, you know, we have to. <laughs> oh, we, we got, Tanner Scott will never just not. I will never be done with Tanner Scott or Josh Stoutman. Oh God. He finally, got, he, I sat on him. He was on my aisle in the 30 team for so long. I finally cut him. Somebody picked him up. Then he went on like the back to on the aisle and now he's just a free agent. I'm like, Oh, this guy's like a 28 year old reliever with gas and, <laughs> and nobody wants him Cause we just know what Josh Stoutman is now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we will take our lumps, we'll take our losses, but I mean, some, some of the, the guys that we've trusted, David Bednar for me, I trusted him in all my leagues uh-huh. uh, until, until the back injury finally gave out on him. Uh, he's been in the IL ever since Clay Holmes was another guy that we liked. I know, I know Sean, the guy ground ball raid and everything. I honestly think he was hurt. Uh, he got started getting hurt. Uh, being over. He was hurt. He was, I think he was hurt. But I know the high ground ball rate. But listen, man, even at six, you said, well, his 80% ground it ball was, rate. It was, never, it was never going to stay 80%. My argument would be, even at 60%, he's, that was still... Oh, yeah, it was still, still good, but dominant. he wasn't He wasn't going to be like the Zach Britton stats he was putting up uh, before he turned into doo-doo. Um, before he turned into Zach Britton on the IL list with him. Yeah. So. Oh, did you hear uh, Zach Britton? I, I know, I believe Vince was talking about it, or I seen him say, oh, you know, like reinforcements on the way, Zach Britton. Zach Britton was throwing a in a rehab assignment through one pitch that I don't even think was like thrown. Like he like spiked it into the ground, Ooh. like and just dropped it um, and then walked off the mound so, with a trainer. So. And then, of course, uh, for the Yankees, uh, our oldest Chapman got hurt, uh, a tattoo injury. Oh, t- yeah. That, dude, that was the a- dude got a prison tat without ever going to prison, even oh, though he should be in prison. My <laughs> God. You're making this up, right, Sean? There's no way. No, Ain't- he, it, it, he got a, a tattoo and the, uh, it got infected. And now he's oh, on the IL. No, I mean, I know that. I didn't know it was like a prison style tattoo. Oh, well, I, I have no clue, but I'm just oh. assuming because. Prison tattoos are known for not their high quality and sterile use of equipment. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that Yankees team is just floundering right in front of our I, eyes. I, I saw somebody say that this was like the Mets and the Yankees have undergone like this freaky Friday situation oh, where geez. they've just switched. I mean, it's like the, the Mets had that one season, you know, we had the Cespedes, we had Syndergaard's hand, foot and mouth disease when going on the, uh, <laughs> it was uh, when going on the virus IL was, it was cool before everybody else was doing it. Yeah. Well, he um, got hurt because uh, he was with a bunch of little kids, right? Is that what happened? Yeah, it was, it was, the, uh, he, it was right after the little league world series. Uh, he had gone <laughs> to visit and then he came back and missed a start for hand, foot, mouth disease. That's crazy. I was, uh, I was in Greece when it happened and I was like, what it was, I saw a meme and it was like this person out with this, this person out with this and it said Mets fans blacked out alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Really quick, uh, Colton, uh, thank you for joining us. He says, thank you for the tag. Anytime. Austin's been busy. He says, I'm last in home. Oh, yeah, yeah. Austin's been on this big thing uh, in the podcast league. I'm last in home runs, bottom of the league in RBIs, but I lead an average on-base percentage in stolen bases. So, hey, there's a strategy to win, right? If if you're in an individual league, you can certainly punt some things. Um, But if you're in any sort of league that has like an overall, um, can't really punt. Uh, categories and that's kind of where i'm at in the relegation league right now which is that there's the the five leagues of i think 15 teams 
and I'm really hurting in saves. But uh, in, in third place overall, still winning my league by like a giant margin. Um, the baseball life bulls are are holding in there. We're, we're doing okay. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's good to know. But uh, yeah, uh, Austin, uh, uh, Austin basically is using the same players. So like I said, Miles Straw, Tommy Edmund, I think he has them in both the points and the uh, categories league, and he's been doing very well in both leagues um, because of it. So it, maybe he's uh, he's onto something here. Maybe he's onto some revolutionary things that we're not capable of. But yeah, guys who steal bases, they get on base percentage uh, is really high, uh, but they don't hit for much power, which you know thumbs down for me. But it works. So maybe maybe. That's something to utilize for next season. Uh, Austin also mentions Felipe has the best bullpen in Mardi Gras League for sure. Hey, hold on, my friend. Not just in the Mardi Gras League, but I have the best <laughs> bullpen in the Baseball Life League. I have the best bullpen in the Total Basis Podcast League. Mm, uh, I can't remember who I have in my bullpen this year. Uh, uh, on okay. the Baseball Life League? Yeah, so I got right now Iglesias Jansen, who blew the save last night, and Jorge Lopez. Man, I, I, also, I, also, I also have Ryan Helsley, so... Man, no one cares about that. You got a bunch of old farts in there. <laughs> no, nah, man. I got Emmanuel Classe. He takes a big dump on any relief pitchers right there. I tell you what. Eh, cl- right, right. Helsley's pretty good. Man, I had him like early in the season when he shit the better with the, for the Cardinals. Nah, man. Emmanuel Classe never lets never lets me down. Okay. I, I think Ryan never. Helsley has better numbers than Emmanuel Classe, aside from like number of saves. Man. All right, get your fake news out of here, man. I don't need to hear that. <laughs> But no, Class A, uh, yeah, imagine this. I, I, I think I kept Liam Hendricks in that league, right? I kept Liam Hendricks. You had Liam Sox. Hendricks? Yeah, yeah. I didn't think he got kept. I, I thought somebody drafted him. I, no, well, he, was, he ended up on my team. So, oh. um, <laughs> But uh, I think I kept him just because uh, you know we went to six keepers. Yeah. I must have kept at least one relief pitcher. But uh, yeah, Liam Hendricks. And I've he's been seen – he's been on my bench more often than not. So that's how good my bullpen is that Liam Hendricks, who was supposed to be an important uh, bullpen arm coming into the season, has been relegated to bench duty uh, for most of the year. So, oh, man, I'm telling you, this is the show to listen to if you're into bullpen arms. Oh, here we go. What are we, what are we doing? Host podcast life. Who's that? This is uh, uh, just Ryan Helsley versus Emmanuel Classe. This is for this season alone? Yeah, this is for this year. Man, look at that low walk rate from Classe. God, Lee. Uh, Look at that 13k per nine. <laughs> I, I just love I love how minuscule the home run to fly ball rates are, despite the large gap in ground ball percentage. Oh, but that one 183 Babbitt, man. Not sustainable. Fake. fake. <laughs> I, I just wanted to do that for fun. So suddenly you're not in you're not into ground ball rates, I see. 35.8% for house. Hey, okay. if you are striking out, what's his uh, actual K percentage? Let me go back and look. Uh, 40% of the guys you're facing, I don't care what any of your, your other stuff is. <laughs> I mean, like 40%, that's just wacky. I'm sorry, 40% was strikeout rate or what was the stat? Yeah, strikeout rate. Yeah, that, that is that is wild. That is 33.3% K minus walk rate. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Class A has a, a lower, a very low strikeout per nine. Somehow he's having a better year this year than last year. I feel like he's more consistent this season in all my leagues. I feel the the slider, he is getting a little bit more swing and miss than he was in the past. Um, that's not as much pitch to contact type stuff. Granted, like when you're throwing 100 mile an hour cutters, um, you're, these guys aren't getting good swings on them. So um, it, awesome. it's a miracle they make contact. Austin wants to point out that he also has Brendan Donovan in both the leagues that we're talking about. So yeah, th- maybe that's the case. Hey, Sean, he, w- he might have 
He might have unlocked something here. He he went to high school where my uh, wife went to high school. Brendan Donovan. Really? Down yep. there in Alabama? I, yep. Enterprise. Oh, awesome. Uh, he was selling uh, rental cars. Is that what it was? <laughs> no, not not that type of enterprise. And not the Starship either. <laughs> Austin. Austin also mentions that all this Chapman stats were down anyway. Uh uh, strikeout per nine down from last year. ERA is up from last year. He was already struggling. And then, you know, the ink tattoo. Uh, so that is uh, what's going on in terms of uh, draft strategies. So little tweaks there. I try not to change uh, my rankings too much. And, you know, you, it's all about knowing your league and what to do and how to draft uh, uh, to uh, get, maximize your output and your production in whatever league you're in. But, uh, yeah, I try not to straight too far from my rankings no matter what i know that people say well here's my uh here's my points uh draft sheet and here's my roto draft sheet i'm like nah man it's, it's I mean, the good players are always i i i really change it i i basically use the same cheat sheet for all my uh drafts there i mean i i would only change in the fact that in roto you, you got to give the stolen base guys maybe like a slight little bump uh over yeah. like the in, in yeah. points because uh, yeah, they're, they're yeah. definitely more needed in Roto than or a categories league than just points. Yeah. Well, and, points uh, you can make up for it with a guy that hits a bunch of home runs. Uh, you can't really make up stolen bases by guys that hit lots of home runs. Only other thing I'm going to mention is that starting pitching, I, I, I don't go, I don't try to chase too much of the good teams uh, starting pitchers in categories leagues. Because again, I, I feel like the rate stats are more important regardless of what team you're in. And that uh, I know wins are a category, but I feel like, you know, I, I can get a on a losing team. I can get a starting pitcher who can yield lots of strikeouts, low ERA, low whip. And uh, that ultimately will help. And, and then you're going to stream these guys anyway, especially if you're in a daily league. You're going to yeah. stream these guys anyway, which has been somehow starting pitcher has become the new quarterback for fantasy football. Yeah. You just stream the guys, you know, uh, obviously there's guys you don't stream at all. Like Justin Verlander, just put them in there. Max Scherzer, you, all the old guys, just put them in there, <laughs> set it, forget it. But yeah, the the Joe Musgroves and maybe some of the uh, the lower tier uh, starting pitchers, maybe those are the guys you kind of. Uh, oh no, he's in. Uh, he's playing the Astros this week. Let's let's not start. Robbie Ray is a good example. Oh no, Robbie Ray, he's facing the Astros. Let's not start him this week or this this day because he's going to get lit up by the Houston Astros. So go ahead. I'm sorry. And it's funny that Austin mentions he says he thinks he has Dylan Cease on both his squads and i just realized that like the last two years i've really lucked into like the guy of the draft who went way like in the back end of drafts but is gonna finish the year as like the number one or number two pitcher last year it was robbie ray and he was literally my last pick of the draft and this year it was dylan cease and i drafted him okay but we had what six keepers yeah. So I got him in what would have been like for the end of round seven. He was my first round pick this year. Um, but yeah, Dylan C's having a great year. Uh, just ironic or that he had just mentioned uh, him in the comments. Yeah. And it's, yeah, we uh, actually, our guy, Ricky, uh, he was there, the big White Sox fan that he is. Yeah, just, we were just basically talking about how awful the White Sox have been. I think you know, I even saw other Joey, Joey from uh, California by way of Florida by way of New York, I think, because he's a Knicks <laughs> fan. He mentioned, uh, he asked, who has been your three? That's what I wanted to talk about. Who has been the the three teams that have disappointed you so far this year? And, you know, lots of people said that uh, I saw the Tigers. I saw, uh, who's another team that, the, I guess the Angels. I, I thought I saw the Angels. And it was another peculiar team that kind of, like, made me think. But 
my my three answers. You ready for this, Sean? My three answers. Go, go for it. White Sox, White Sox, White Sox. <laughs> All right. No one has disappointed more than the Chicago White Sox this year, and it's not even close. Do you have three teams that have disappointed you this uh, this season so far? I mean, the White Sox would probably definitely be on there. Uh, Padres again, because um, it just seems like they they've won they won last year's off season. They won the trade deadline this year, and they're just yeah. they're kind of like they're walking through mud. I mean, it's just like <laughs> real. They're going forward, but they're really slow steps, and they're just getting passed and passed. Um, I don't know. Uh, I thought the Marlins would be a little bit better. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I thought they had the pitching, and they do have the pitching. They do. Yeah. Um, but the offense, the I, I didn't like any of their really offensive acquisitions that they made in free agency. So Larry uh-huh. Garcia, those were just bad moves. Um, I actually did like those moves. I actually did. That's what made I, them so I, interesting. You see, I, I understood the okay. We play in a big ballpark. We need guys that hit the ball hard. Uh, but they kind of avoided the the fact of we need guys that hit the ball first and Garcia and Solaire do not hit the ball when they do they hit it hard but they don't hit the ball very often um and um I, I wish they would have just given their youth uh that they're playing now anyway they would have just had the whole season uh Lewin Diaz at first base Peyton Burdick and JJ Blade in the outfield um I, I, they should have. I wish they would have just run those guys out there from day one. Yeah, it's kind of weird that they went ahead and did that, uh, especially after the lockout. I, I wonder what the motivation was behind that, but it, they were making some moves. And well, I think it was they wanted to spend money, but they didn't want to spend the money necessary uh, because that was like the whole thing with the, I guess, the Jeter situation was they really wanted Castellanos. Castellanos really wanted to come to. Granted, we see that probably wouldn't have worked out very well either, but. Right. Um, and that was the whole thing was they promised them that they would spend money and they kind of just took a couple of shortcuts uh, with Soler and uh, I would say old Garcia. Uh, they had one more free agent than escapes me. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the Marlins. I think were a little disappointing uh, this year. I, I thought they could have been better than what they are, uh, even with them getting like a career year out of Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, unfortunately, they wasted Sandy Alcantara down there. This wonderful season where he's been both durable and very uh, effective. Uh, strikeouts are a little low, right? I thought the strikeouts. Yeah, yeah. The, the strikeouts, low. the strikeouts with him have never been super high, but he has more complete games than any team in baseball. He <laughs> he got roughed up by the Dodgers two starts ago. Faced them again oh, that's uh, last. N- faced them again last night. Uh, complete game six hitter. Uh, one run allowed against the Dodgers. It's absurd. It's absurd. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. In a, in a in a era of baseball where complete games are not a thing, um, this guy's he f- tries to finish what he starts. Yeah. We were, some guys aren't even allowed to face the lineup like two or three times in a game, let alone the necessary amounts that you will need to get that uh, deep into a baseball game before you give yourself a chance to complete the game yourself. But it's pretty remarkable. Well, we talked about the White Sox. Well, let's talk about that really quick about the White Sox. Not the White Sox, but White, uh, one White Sox player in particular, and that is Mr. Luis Robea, who once again, has, he's hurt. But it didn't stop me from acquiring him in the Mardi Gras Baseball League. I made two more trades today, uh, this weekend, Sean. And part of our whole uh, strategy as to what to do 
this late in the season in your fantasy baseball teams. I remember earlier this month, I had waved the white flag. I had given up. I said, you know what? I don't need this. I'll just go with the youth movement, get the draft picks I need to improve my uh, stock for next season, start fresh with new players. And then I start going. And then, and then, and then what happened? (laughs) Start going on a winning streak unexpectedly right now. I'm in, I'm in a dog race. I'm in a dog fight. Well, I mean, not dog fight. I think that's taboo now. Wait, isn't the dog fight another way of saying airplane? Yeah, start? yeah, yeah. It's an airplane battle. It's a dog fight. Yeah, I'm in an airplane battle. <laughs> We're flying high. Uh, you better hope you win or else you're going to crash and burn. Yeah, that's basically it. And again, uh, I'm leading. I think last I checked, I was leading the league in points score this week. But as you mentioned, once again, I'm facing the guy who's second and third in points scored this week. So, again, the luck factor, right? I can't do anything about it. Okay, so, Felipe, you acquired Luis Robert. Who else did you get in that trade? Wink, well, the big, wink. <laughs> the big one was uh, I uh, I had to – well, first of all, I had to give up Gore, Nolan Gorman and Cabrian Hayes. Remember when you asked, Felipe, I don't get it. I don't get not this. For, not for you. Luis Robert. No, you'll see. Oh, okay. oh my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, my bad. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, well you, know, you want to do that trade first? Yeah, let's do that trade first. So remember, you asked me, Felipe, I don't understand your strategy. Why Why are you insisting on getting these my, uh, these uh, high upside guys if you're not going to be able to keep them? And I go, hey, there's a, there's a method to the madness here. So remember, I picked up Nolan Gorman and Cabrian Hayes from Austin uh, in a big uh, eight-player trade with him. And I also had to give away. So Nolan Gorman, Cabrian Hayes, second-round pick. I sent it to uh, my friend Shane for Zach Yellen, Robbie Ray, and a seventh-round pick. And that is why you draft these, uh, what would you call them, post-hype sleeper prospects. There you go. That's why you do it because they still have big, there's still a name brand to them. They're still, oh, I know that guy. He was top 50 prospect last year. So maybe he becomes a keeper. Or maybe it's just Shane just wanted the second round pick. But whatever it was, I got two very good starting pitchers. And all I had to give up was a second round pick and two. uh, uh, Two guys you weren't going to keep anyway. Yeah, the promising prospects who are kind of struggling right now. You mentioned Nolan Gorman gets benched against left-handed hitters. Brian Hayes, I have no idea what the hell's going on with them. Everything about him says that he should be playing a lot better than he is right now. And uh, I, you, did we talk about his struggles? Yeah, already? a little bit. We kind of talked about like him and Alec Bohm. The they hit the they they are good hitters. They hit the ball hard. It's just not enough in the area, and it's a lot of line drives. So it's like one of those. They're better real life hitters than fantasy hitters. I'll never understand that. It's just so weird to me that uh, these guys. Uh, it's just it's mind-boggling. Maybe it's the pirates. Maybe it's the pirates' fault. They they ruined the poor kid Brian Hayes. <laughs> Has to be right. So that's one. So now my pitching looks great, uh, better than ever. I figure. Well, if I'm gonna, I'm a game behind the division. I've been winning nonstop since I made those uh, trades to tank. I'm facing Austin on back-to-back weeks. Austin's one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league. Might as well have the horses ready to go. I hope I hope these trades go through by Monday morning so I can set the lineup properly. But uh, yeah, maybe get the pitching I need to go toe to toe with Austin and give myself a fighting chance against them. If if this uh, playoff push is a real thing, right? Because uh, like I said, Steve, my well, friend Steven still has. Well, it with the the next trade you make or made, you better hope that this playoff push is real because I thought you were you would never have made this trade. Yeah. It was very unlike you. Um, it's very I, much a win now thing. The age gap, the talent gap, uh, you definitely probably come out ahead for this year. But the moving forward is quite interesting. So go ahead and let yeah. us know that second mega trade you made. 
and I said this from the get-go, I would only do this trade if it would knock my socks off. And finally, after months dealing with my friend Matt, uh, who's an admin over that football life, he finally relinquished. Like, all right, Felipe, you win. Here's here's the guy you've been wanting since February, right? So the trade is, I traded Julio Rodriguez. Oh, and, gasp. And George, Kirby, <laughs> and George Kirby. So no more Mariners connections. I don't think I have any Mariners left on my teams, which is, <laughs> makes me sad. I really love the Mariners. Felipe DePoto over here trading all the Mariners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was Felipe Depoto until all the Mariners were gone. So, uh, so Rodriguez and Kirby, first and third round picks, by the way. Remember, remember, I, I that was a big thing. Like, yeah. like, well, I don't know what the point is of you getting all these uh draft picks if, there, if there's going to be five guys kept from every team. Who can you possibly want next year that is not going to be kept? Hey, man, you'd be surprised. I mean, Aaron Judge was available this year in draft, so he wasn't kept. Maybe I can get someone similar to him next year. Uh, that was my thinking, and especially if I have more multiple draft picks. And we talked about that, but yeah, yeah that's, that's why I did it. Or I can flip them over for some better players, right? And those players were Aaron Judge, Luis Robert, and of course the sixth and seventh round picks as well. So, yeah, ultimately these two trades happened because I'm in a dogfight with my friend Juan. Uh, I'm right now have a 20-point lead last I checked. It could, I, it could go either way because we have one more pitcher each. I don't know. I think I have uh, who the hell do I have coming? I know he has Aaron Savali going today, which doesn't really scare me because he's not facing the Tigers today. <laughs> As you know, Aaron Savali only does well against the Tigers. And then I have I'm going to check right now. Yeah, but I do still have a 21 point lead to be exact. And I have Ross Stripling against the Angels. So so how do you feel about trading Julio Rodriguez? It sucks because I honestly thought, wow, I, I might I might have just uh, lucked my way into getting the next Ronald Lacuna or maybe the next Byron Buxton or or even, hell, even the next Luis Robert because I thought Bushnell was never going to trade Judge or Robert, but at least I have one of my own. I've been wanting the one of those uh, center field. Remember, I, I even, I've been going about it all the whole wrong way this whole time. Remember, uh, Christian Yelich, I've been looking for him, the next one. Uh, and I finally had to get rid of him this year. Uh, Jack Peterson, I've been trying to replicate that that production. Uh, and we even talk about guys like Robert Hassel III. Like, I want him because he reminds me of Christian Yelich. Uh, you know, his profile does. Yeah. And it turns out, no, I just needed – I had him all along. It was Julio Rodriguez. He's the guy. And <laughs> remember, Jared Kalenic was last year too. I thought yeah. he could be that guy, and he wasn't. Right now, I'm pretty sure Kalenic's like – you're looking at that contract that Julio Rodriguez got, uh, and he's wondering to himself, oh, man, that could have been me. Yeah. But Rodriguez was, remember, he was a right fielder prospect and Kalenic was a center field prospect. And yeah. now Rodriguez is a center field uh, future of that team. Um, but it, it made me sad. But I, Rodriguez was struggling struggling a little bit. The strikeouts were getting out of control. Uh, there's a little, there's some holes to his game because he's a rookie. Leave him yeah. alone. He's a rookie, right? You he's see, very, a raw player. So see, ahead, I'm sorry. I, I would actually make that trade about 10 times out of 10. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not even a huge Luis Robert fan. It's just the the type of player Julio Rodriguez is. And he's still, I mean, he's 21 years old. This is like insane that he's even doing what he's doing now. But you know, I always shy away from this type of player. The lower walk rate, the high whiff rates, which of course, with how much, how well he hits the ball when he does make contact. And he posted like pretty good walk strikeout numbers in the minors. Granted, he wasn't down in the minors for very long. Um, and only had never played in AAA. Uh, maybe there's more that can be done in terms of his plate display. Like we saw kind of Acuna do it. Uh, Tatis was kind of getting there. 
but I tend to shy away from these young guys and I would trade them if I could get a guaranteed player like Aaron judge back. Um, yeah. Especially, I mean, yeah, five-year keeper. And I, I guess if you get Luis Robert here, do you plan on keeping Luis Robert? We'll see. I mean, I, it gives me another option for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm not trying to get docs your strategy over here on the podcast. I, I mean, people, like, if, if you keep both of them, that makes sense. I mean, people can see what the possibilities are. I mean, I was talking to Steve, uh, my, my opponent, uh, who's in the lead in this division, good friend of mine. I was talking about it, and he basically said, wow, you really are throwing Hail Marys just to catch up with me, huh? <laughs> he, and he said, wow, congratulations. You, dra- you traded away a first and third rounder for two injury-prone guys. Did I now? You mean, or did you mean to say uh, the AL MVP and a guy with better physical tools than Julio Rodriguez? I think, like I said, those two guys are very similar. Rodriguez, Luis Rivera. But I, I think if I had to pick one, I'd pick Julio Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, right now you do because no, uh, but even even after last year, you, you know what? That was why I traded Robert. I didn't like Robert. And you've never liked Robert. That's the thing. <laughs> I know. You know you That's what Robert. I've been saying. And all he does is produce. And oh, well, done... produce. What is he yeah. producing this year? Headaches. Uh, well, injuries more than anything, but when he's when, but that's the thing I was telling uh, my friend here. Uh, when when Judge is healthy, you're seeing it. He might break the home run record this year. Oh yeah. Uh, um, and when I, well the the traditional home run record, not the one that Barry Bonds posted, but uh, they're all tainted. I don't care, whatever. But, <laughs> but he he might he might break. Fine, let's let's call it the Yankee record. Let's call it the Yankee home run record this year. Um, so that and, and that's a guy who's always hurt, Aaron Judge. But if if I were to Think about it in that in those terms. I would have swayed away from this trade because oh no, he he's a calf injury away from being out for three weeks. Hey, Aaron Judge was my first overall pick in the 2019 draft for my 30 team league, and I stuck with him because 2019 he missed half the year basically, and uh, I've stuck with him. I added Paul Goldschmidt in a trade two years ago. So in that 30 team league, I'm I'm kind of running away with the season long points record which is how we decide our mvp of mm-hmm. the league um which is only going to be fitting because i'll have the al mvp the nl mvp and the league-wide mvp which will just be my team uh which already pays for entry into next year's but yeah it's one of those i i get trading and Robert's only 25 and has some injury things. That's that's uh, the one concern about him. But when he's healthy, he produces. He really so, does. So what as this thing that I saw earlier this week, I guess he was kept in the game and he was swinging hurt. Yeah, I saw he, like uh, a brief video. Like, I don't know what was hurt. Was it his wrist? His left wrist still uh, is still hurt. Uh, he, like he, he was just swinging with one hand, basically. Well, he injured uh, his wrist uh, a couple weekends ago. I think it was a weekend ago. It was. A couple about weeks a week ago. ago, week ago, he was trying to steal second, and he, uh, the guy who was playing, I forgot what team it was, it might have been the Twins. Slid into his, he slid into his foot, the hand yeah, went he slid into, into the his, foot. Yeah, uh, yeah, he jammed it up against his leg. I think it might have been Jorge Polanco. It might have been the Twins. I don't remember exactly. So he's been hurt. He comes back, he produces, but then he gets hurt again. And I guess they're now they're yelling at Tony Larusa because he might have. Uh, and when I say they, I mean the fans. Yeah, they're yelling at Tony Larusa because he might have rushed him too quickly back. So yeah, otherwise. He just had gotten back from, I forgot, a leg injury or a rib injury or what the hell. I don't know, man. But uh, he comes back and he's just crushing the ball like only Luis Robert can. I mean, we we love him here in, in Chicago, but yeah. we, the, the injury stuff is getting old. It's like, how are you 25 years old and you're always hurt? Same thing with Eloy Jimenez. And we, we actually mentioned that last night. 
uh, at the game. All the Cubans are getting hurt. Jimenez, Robert, <laughs> Chapman. Um, I'm missing one. Mancada went on the oh, IL well. yesterday with a hamstring. The only one who's staying healthy is Jose Abreu, and he's probably the oldest of the bunch there. So it, it's just – but I'll tell you what, man. Luis Robert, he always showed improvement in the minor leagues. Every stop he's been in, single A, double A, triple A, he's always shown improvement. He's always the youngest guy in the league and those leagues. Uh, he's improved the strikeout rate. Uh, in the last three seasons, uh, the, the home runs and obviously the stolen bases aren't there because he's always hurt. But uh, where's the ISO? Uh, well, the ISO was down this year, but he before, you know, these injuries started piling up. He was consistently over. He was consistently posting an isolated power of above 200. Yeah. So that's the thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I go ahead. I Did you see a producer and tagger of people? Austin uh, Spiro, his comment. Uh, he said, do we know if Luis Robert was with uh, Reese McGuire when he hurt his wrist? Uh, uh, no comment. <laughs> no comment. I, I saw the injury happen in front of me. Not Reese McGuire. Oh, whoa. It, you saw that the, one? <laughs> but I, I did see him uh, slide into second base. No, well, not that kind of second base. But uh, other thing about uh, Robert. His contact rates are improving. Uh, overall contact rate has been going steadily climbing above 70%. Actually, in the last 30 days or so, I saw that he was a 78% contact rate. Outside of zone contact rate has also gone up. He started his rookie year in 2020 at 47%, which is putrid. But you know who else does those numbers? Aaron Judge. So <laughs> at least he did at the beginning of his career. Check yeah. him out. Check check my math work here. But it's outside the strike zone contact rate. Robert has been steadily climbing as well. I mean, this guy. When he's healthy and 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 has shown that he's invincible, he can he is a wonderful player to look at because he does improve. And never mind all the other stuff that he does for the for the team when he's healthy, like you know playing the outfield, literally all three outfield positions he plays because he's so damn good. And Eloy Jimenez is so bad at left field. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I that's why I have an affinity uh, an affinity towards him. And if he if he could just stay healthy for the next two months and help the white size, he can help my team. And uh, yeah, and if it doesn't work out, I, mean, I still got Lars Newt Bar on the team as well. So Hey, Newt Bar is one of the hottest bats in baseball. Uh, yeah. I do find this encouraging in terms of Luis Robert. And I remember talking about it back in like 2020. Um, his whiff, uh, whiff rate versus breaking stuff, which it just seemed like that was all pitchers wanted to do when he first came up, was just feed him those down and away sliders. Um, he had a 46% whiff rate in 2020 against breaking balls, 36% last year, 30% this year. So a consistent dropping in his whiff rate on them as well. And the uh, performance against the uh, balls have gone up as well. I'm telling you, Matt. Like the kid is a natural at this game, but he just has to stay healthy. And I don't know what you could do. I, I, I told people the only crime against Robert is that he plays too damn hard. Okay, that's the only crime. And we want to see players the play the, hard. The, the the Bryce Harper treatment that and he Bryce doesn't he, yeah. he doesn't really walk that much. Yeah, but you know we know how it goes. Neither does Byron Buxton. Neither does Holy Rodriguez. And I don't care yeah. what you say. That might be him for the rest of his life. Just the guy with the bat speed. Look at Buxton. He never improved his walk rate. I don't think he did, but he improved everything else. But again, that's another story. If they can just stay healthy, but Byron Buxton, another guy who plays really hard, and we penalize him for that, we 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 uh, dismiss him, we criticize him for that, and maybe that's not the right approach to do. But there is something to it, and I don't know what can be done with these teams to tell these guys, hey, uh, it's a it's a grind, it's a 162 game season, let's slow it down. But once they slow it down, 
then everybody gets after them for hot dogging it, yeah. for not playing hard enough, for not trying hard enough. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's it goes back to what we talked about PDs and all that. Like, like who, who's who's the one? Who's the evil one here? Is it the players for taking needles injections and stuff that they shouldn't be taking, or is it us, the fans and the and, and the organizations for expecting superhuman powers out of these players without any superhuman relief? So yeah. See, really that was, really a, that, was that was what I always hated when. Um with some Mets fans uh, with Beltron when he was here. And then most recently like Cano, when he was here, Beltron was a little bit younger than Cano when Cano was a Met, but these were guys that, you know, been around the block for a while and they can hustle. They will, you know, they will bust it, but they also know, Hey, this is a long season. I don't need to bust it 110% on every ground ball to the second baseman. And people are like, oh, of course you do. No, (laughs) you have a responsibility to be on the field. Yeah. That's what comes first. And uh, people are like, oh, they don't hustle. Beltron never ran hard to first base. Well, really, Beltron always played. I mean, it's these guys know their bodies better than any fan. Um, And of course, like, I'll still, you know, applaud the guy that hustles to first every time, whatever. Cool. But when you're the star player and you're being paid, you know, one of the highest paid guys on the team, you also have a responsibility once, you know, play hard, at least run to first base, like get to first base. Don't just like cut off halfway. Um, But you also have a responsibility to play as much as you can and help the team win. Um, Like I have a lot of fun watching Brandon Nemo sprint to first base when he walks. Like right. that, that's so much fun and it pisses people off. Oh my God. I've seen so many triggered Braves fans in the last month. Talk about you. You guys have a guy that sprints to first base after a walk and deadlifts during a home run derby. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, that's freaking cool. <laughs> but they're like, they get so mad. And it's like, you go and you look and you're like, Oh, Nemo has an on base over 400 basically against the Braves. That's why they don't like him. <laughs> but and, they just pick this one thing of him run, sprinting to first base and just use it as like a rallying cry to, oh, he's, he, it's so tacky. Like, what? And these are the same people who would be complaining right now, Sean, if they weren't trying, if they were not yeah. taking it seriously. Oh, Pete Alonso just, he, he's just there chit chatting with the other players on the other team and he's not taking this seriously. He, 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 he needs to take it seriously for the fans. And then when so, he takes it seriously, they're like, Oh no, oh, he's not, he's not having fun. It's like he's not what? Having fun. Yeah. No, he, he was having fun winning. That's for sure. Yeah. Back to back the home run derby champ that he is Pete Alonzo. Uh, Austin has shared his three disappointing teams for this year. Angels, Tigers, White Sox. Yeah. that sounds about right. Um, yeah. Angels, angels would probably be up there as well. I didn't yeah. expect the Tigers to be any good. Everyone's like, Oh, they, they signed Baez. They signed Edward or Eduardo Rodriguez. Like, Hey, that's a sneaky good off season. I'm like, no, <laughs> Javier Baez is not your impact signing. That's not going to turn out well. And, um, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. It's okay. Well, I saw, I saw Mets fans that are saying, Oh, the Mets should have signed Javier Baez. He wouldn't have these numbers. If he was playing next to Lindor, he's a better player than Jeff McNeil. And I'm just like sitting here, like, don't go crazy. Don't go crazy. Cause it's like McNeil, I think is that like almost four wins four F four right now. And Baez is at one. It's just insane. Uh, Austin also says, uh, I guess it's just the way I'm wired. I always enjoy seeing players run hard. Uh, it drives me nuts when they don't call me boomer, I guess. Well, you're a boomer, I guess. <laughs> you're a boomer, but no, nah, I mean, but you don't, you also don't want your players to get hurt either. But you know, when you, you give it a, you're all, that's what happens. That's why, and everybody says baseball is a mental game. This isn't football. 
this isn't basketball this is baseball it's a more of a mental uh uh more of a mental game than it is a, a physical game it's a skill based game more than it is a a, a feat of athleticism um because yeah you, you need to be on your you need to be right up here as well as physically as well yeah. but uh, everybody they have a football mentality towards these things you know they want their guys to go and, hard. And I think it's also like a difference in terms of when we talk about players hustling. And I love how this whole conversation was not on our script for today, but it happened very organically. And I'm very I kind of, I, I've liked this conversation. I've wanted to have it for a while, but it's like, there's a difference in, you know, the veteran, the 30 plus year old veteran who's making a lot of money, who feels responsibility to be on the field that maybe they don't run hard on the grounder to second. Mm. And I'll I'll give them, you know, a break for that. But if they hit a ball really hard and they just stand there and watch it, and this is like not even like the 30-year-old guys that do this. The person that comes to mind here to me most is Ronald Acuna. And it's been multiple times, and he's been benched in the past for it, where he hits the ball really hard and he just stands there and he watches at it. And then the <laughs> ball bounces off the wall. And instead of him being on second or third base, he's on first. <laughs> And I'm like, nobody really says anything. I mean, Snitker's benched him once or twice in the past couple of years because of it. Right. But like, I, I feel like when that happens, we say, oh, like we talk about, oh, they're, he didn't hustle in that play, whatever. But then if it's the situation of, oh, he jogged to first base on a grounder to second. How many times has said player hit a grounder to second? He knows if he, who the second baseman is. He knows how good of a jump he got out of the box. Like he's not going to 110% at sprint the first base on a ball that he's hit a thousand times and 995 of them were outs. Mm-hmm. You just, you right, just right. get, just get the first base. Like that, that's all I ask of like the older guys is just get the first base. Yeah, you know, and what it goes back. I don't think we're gonna get to our prospects, man. I can tell you that much. <laughs> but uh, we could probably say that for uh, next week's show. Uh, September calls are right around the corner. It's not what it used to be, like I mentioned to you earlier uh, before the show started. It's not what it used to be, where we major league baseball players would expand to forty. I think they only expand to twenty-eight. I think it was you said. Yeah, but, twenty-eight. Uh, but we can one talk all, about these. It can be one pitcher and one hitter, or two hitters, I believe. Uh, what for? Oh, oh, for the uh, for the actual yeah expansion. for the extra extra two because you know they have the limit on pitching, and right. then they, but they didn't start enforcing it until like May or June, whatever. Um, mm. so for when the rosters expand, it can only be one. It can't just both roster spots can't be pitchers, basically. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, well that's good to know. But maybe we'll do it next week, and as we get uh, ready for that uh, aspect, and we'll have a show. We already have the players listed, but we'll see how we are, are doing with time. But, uh, we left off talking about hustling and not hustling. I mean, yeah, I get it. You want to see your guys give it, give it their all, but just know that there's consequences to it when they do it a hundred percent of the time, a hundred percent of when they give 110%, a hundred percent of the time, that's when injuries start happening. So we've seen it happen numerous times, but you know, the smart players can balance it out, but you're right. Oh, cause you were talking about, Oh, the grounders to second base. There's a reason why, when, when statistically speaking, when when they're um, gauging defensive fielding prowess on these guys, the, the guys who bobble, bobble a play that is made by 90% of second basemen, they get penalized hard uh, for not making that play. Yeah. Because it's supposed to happen 90% of the time. So for a player to try and hustle unnecessarily for a play that maybe might result in a 10% uh, positive outlook for him, and what he 
get, dislocates his kneecap because yeah. he steps in the bag <laughs> wrong. Is especially, it really worth it? especially if it's a player that's like not known for their speed. Yeah. Like if you have speed and you hustling can really influence and put the pressure on the fielder. Okay. Yeah, then, try, try, then try it. But if you're a 34 year old guy who your legs, you were never a fast guy to begin with. And now your legs are even more shot. Like, what are we doing complaining here? <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with the Bryce Harper. I know that, that that's always been the guy. Bryce Harper's always been the poster boy. Ah, this guy doesn't try. That's why he's a douchebag. That's why he's this. <laughs> he, his hair's too long. He looks like a his damn hippie. <laughs> Everybody complains about his hair all the time. You know, what's head and shoulders over there. But um, no, so yeah, I, I, you know, just, uh, but that, uh, well, this goes back to Julio Rodriguez and Luis Robert. We, people forget about Luis Robert, man. Uh, the guy was a physical specimen. Not that Rodriguez isn't, but Robert was, I feel, I remember scouting both of these players for, for this show and for fantasy baseball purposes as well. And Robert's just his, physically, it was more gifted than Rodriguez was not to undermine Rodriguez, but if we're talking, if it's a game of inches, that's why I said what I said about Robert, mm-hmm. just, the, the, the physical tools that Robert has, I felt were uh, much better at the at uh, Rodriguez's age, but not to take anything away from Rodriguez either. But um, I don't know. I just I, I still have hope. I still have hope for Robert. But if it were up to me, I'd probably keep both of those guys. But, you know, that's not the world that we live in. Yeah, uh, it, yeah they can't. It can't be done. Maybe the Mariners can. Maybe maybe the White Sox will get frustrated and they'll trade Robert to the Mariners. And, and Coletta and- goes to the White Sox. Then it goes to the White Sox. So that'd be the, the White Sox thing to do. Taylor Trammell will go to the White Sox because, oh, you know, God. Ken, oh, Kenny God. Williams likes that, those types of players. Um, so, and then Mitch Hanniger will be the, the salary dump. <laughs> so, and then uh, Rodriguez can go back to right field. Robert can get injured at center field again. So things can happen, man. Anything can happen. So, yeah, hoping that these trades give me a, a late playoff push in the Mardi Gras League and the Total Basis Podcast League. Uh, or the one that Austin and I created, it looks like it might be Austin and I in the championship game. I don't know, Sean, those podcast boys, they might know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> uh, but Hey, if you play him um, in any sort of the playoff final or anything, I, I hope you have better luck because um, you didn't have luck last year. Well, the Roto standing showed that I was a victim of bad luck okay <laughs> i mean but that's cool man people were bragging about beating me back in may that was that was like <laughs> that ended up being a little super bowl but uh, yeah i'll see you guys in a championship game unless our, our, my buddy angel uh pulls out a miracle today but i have last i checked i had a seven category league uh up on him on the categories league so i feel like i have this one in the bag but uh uh how are we doing on time i think we're a uh, the- little little over <laughs> a little over an hour okay you know what? Let's save the prospects for next week. Um, we'll talk about the, what was it? The Brandon Fafts of the world, the Hunter yeah. Browns, the Kate Cavalli. I know he just got called up yesterday, but yeah, didn't, didn't go very well, but Hey, did not go very well. It happens. It happens. And then Corbin Carroll, we're going to talk about. So Anthony Volpe, we want to see what all the hype is about with him. I mean, I know what the hype is about, but we're going to get a, we're going to give him the old um, uh, surgical treatment here and dissect his game a little bit for you guys. Uh, anything else you want to uh, talk about before we let you go, Sean? No, but, um, I'm good. All right. Well, I am Felipe. That is Sean over there. They, everybody who tuned in, commented, reacted. I really appreciate it. Uh, we're trying this new thing. We heard you. We, you know, we, we got positive feedback from the at everyone thing controversy last week, Sean. But we decided <laughs> in um, we're not we're not going to force the issue. 
like you mentioned, organically, right? And uh, Austin has done a wonderful job uh, being like a de facto producer for this show. He went out and uh, asked about, all right, fine. As a compromise, we won't do the at everyone. But if you want to subscribe, we can tag you the day of the show. And you guys can check us out, answer your questions, read your comments on the air. So they're mm-hmm. on the record for the rest of time. I'll run Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. That's why we do it, right? Yeah. This is this is a this this is this will you know what? The aliens will come in and the Russians <laughs> will nuke us to the ground, but these sound bites will our, stay forever. Our little digital footprint will remain. <laughs> God damn right. Like, I don't there won't be any baseball when it happens, but they'll know about uh Luis Garcia, all six of them, all six Luis Garcias. It's so true, though. Yeah, somehow soccer will survive, and Luis Garcia, the soccer player, will will always be remembered. So, <laughs> but anyway, this is the Total Basis Podcast. Check out the other podcasts as well. Um, I guess the step back they're gonna go on a bi- is it called biweekly? It's it's every two weeks, right? I believe that would be biweekly. I think we're due for a new basketball podcast uh, this week. So looking forward to it with Jacob and Leon. Uh, Obviously, the Orange Pinstripes with Henry, Vince, Sean, James. Well, are you guys on a rotation of sorts? Because I only saw Henry and and, uh, James the other day. Yeah, yeah. Vince was having to step out. And then I ended up working 14 and a half, 15, almost 15 hours. Uh, So, yeah, I was... I, I, I cut it short trying to do that show anyway on Wednesdays because we start at seven and I leave work at like six thirty. So right. it's already it's already a close call, but so guy ended up running late. So it's All okay. Right. Well that's that's why you have multiple guys because they can uh, step up, right? Yep. And of course, Austin Thursday nights is the total based express show, which is the uh the the mini show version to this long format that we have on Sunday mornings. And of course, Sunday mornings, Sunday morning come down with us, breakfast, coffee. Baseball, what more do you guys want? Have a conversation. Have interact with us. It's the greatest sport of all time. Let's talk about it right here on the Total Basis Podcast. We will see you all next weekend. Adios, guys.